0: Welcome to Reactive. My name is Raquel, and I am here with Khalil.
1: Hello, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> um,
0: sadly, we do not have a Henning this week. Uh, a pack of possums have camped his yard. They've decided to just kind of take over. Um, and Henning, being the wonderful neighbor that he is, has decided to host a barbecue cookout with them—not uh, of them, but with them—and uh, um, and so he's he's being a good neighbor. And, uh, and that's why he's not here today. So that's, that's why
1: that's right here. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Yay for Henning. <clears throat>
0: yes. Yes. Um, fun facts about possums. Um, so it's funny, like you can either call them possums or opossums, possums, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. weird. Um, and they are marsupials, but, um, they are like all over North America um, and they're the only marsupial in North America, which is really interesting. Um, and, uh, did you know that possums are mostly immune to rabies? And in fact, they're eight times less likely to carry rabies compared to wild dogs. Okay. Which I think is really cool. Interesting. Um, and they're also partially or totally immune to the venom, the venom produced by rattlesnakes, cottonmouths and other pit vipers like they're like super they have like superpowers against snakes which i think is really cool (laughs) um and uh yeah just they also have opposable thumbs so they can actually like climb and and things like that um so they're uh opossums along with primates are the only mammals with opposable first toes so like thumbs, um, cause they're technically, uh, and their thumbs are on their rear feet. So like it would be, it'd be like having thumbs on our feet instead of on our hands, which is weird. So I kind of wonder if they open, if they open doors with their feet, if they could, okay. Anyway. So yeah. So I thought Most that was, yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. Also, they have 50 teeth 50? in their mouth. Okay. 50, five, zero, which Not is bad. pretty cool. Not bad. So there you go. Some fun facts. I'll, I'll add some more to the show notes.
1: <laughs> but uh,
0: good luck with your camp out, uh, Henning. And see you hopefully next week.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So how's it going over there? Long time this week.
0: I know. I know. It's, uh, I was out last week. Uh, and, you know, the raccoon took me. Uh, But thank you so much for negotiating with the raccoons. You're welcome. Um, uh, I'm sorry that you had to add in an extra cookie. Um, I know that that originally the the talks were down to just a few peanuts, but... uh,
1: It was was hard to get, you know, like sometimes you you can't... It's really difficult to get all this stuff in such a short amount of time, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. 'cause you have to call mm-hmm. the bank the cookie bank, and then they have to they don't yeah, have the yeah. cookies right there they have to first talk to other people and then it takes a day, so I was yeah, but i could I was able to talk him down uh, Good. and uh yeah and and calm him down and stuff and then yeah worked out um Good. yeah so um, yeah. so it was everything you. was you were like you were treated well and stuff,
0: yeah I yeah. mean I mean you know. Raccoons have have so many things. I mean, and, and they're they're really kind of cute. In like a, I mean, this might be the Stockholm syndrome talking, but you know, I, I, they're they're really kind of cute. And um, yeah, yeah uh, You know, I, I was able to learn a few skills. So just oh, in cool. case, I cool. I can sneak into a dumpster. <laughs> well, oh, I'm really good at that now. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I think it's a, a skill that necessarily everybody should have, but you know, just in case. If I need to-
1: might come in handy at some point yeah
0: it might who knows mm-hmm. who knows um, but yeah no but other than that uh, <laughs> it's been an interesting week um, uh, oh, yeah. there's uh, yeah. I don't know if you've been paying attention to your politics no um, but uh, so uh, without getting on to any one side or another um, there are things are starting to proceed in our judicial system okay. um, and uh, various people are being called in to testify about certain things. But what's interesting with respect to this podcast is that the major leaders of major social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and I think Google um, are, have been called in to testify in front of various senators in the United States to talk about, their role in the Russians participating in our election, and uh, so mm-hmm. they're they're being they're being called out. And uh, the it's interesting because from a from a totally high level perspective, it's like oh wow, the government is really looking into how are these tech companies and these social media networks um, like what control do they have over their user base? And what are they letting slide and not slide and all that stuff. But when you dig in, especially as a tech person, you realize that these folks know nothing, absolutely nothing about social. Like, they don't, they don't know the difference between, like, what's a, like, what's an ad versus not an ad. And like, what's a, What's a troll versus just a user? And like it's it's kind of amazing because they don't really know the answers to some of the questions that they're asking. But then in their defense, the the social media giants aren't really answering their questions very well either. Mm-hmm. So like they're I, I think it's just a, such a fascinating review of the communication gap between um between a, uh, like a, a, between people who are technical and people who are not technical, right? Like, mm-hmm. one of the things I really pride myself on because I'm a, a tech speaker is I like to talk about things in, in a language that everybody can understand so tech people can still feel like they're included and non-tech people can still feel like they're included. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you've probably witnessed, I think many of us in this industry have witnessed, Situations in which people who are not technical try to engage in a conversation with people who are technical, and it's like they're not talking the same language at all, and they're completely missing each other, right? Right. Like the tech person will just be like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, if you if you, I don't know, uh, well, we're working on tables, and we want to make sure that the uh, that they're you know this and that are." and like using acronyms all over like yeah, we have an arrest API and, and doing all this stuff and blah 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 and non-tech person is just like can you please speak English yeah. I have no <clears throat> idea what are oh. you doing yeah. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so yeah so in terms of net- net security it's really interesting to watch this conversation attempting to happen and everyone's just leaving real frustrated oh. so huh. yeah. Interesting. yeah so that's happening
1: <laughs> okay yeah you think do you think that there's going to be any sort of progress made um and I mean this whole involvement of the Russians uh can it be proven or
0: uh, I don't know I don't know someone was asking the other day like someone asked me the other day like can NPM know if Russians if like certain people, it it wasn't even specific to Russians. Like, can we know if certain groups of people may have made malicious packages and can we stop them before they make the packages? And I'm like, no, (laughs) it's a tool. It's a tool. And, you know, just like, uh, you know, hammer makers, people who make hammers, they don't know what people are going to use the hammers for. Like Mm -hmm. you expect people to use the hammer to hammer nails into, you know, boards, but, We know that people have used hammers for other things and not always good things. So I don't know. Is that, is it on the, is it the responsibility of the tool maker or the person who used the tool? I don't know. Because then Mm. if I, if I change the word hammer to gun, then I'm like, Hmm, there's nuance. There's a lot of nuance there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: For me, the question is a little bit, how
1: relevant is it really? um if the mm. russians meddle, meddled because the meddling i mean the uh, um well maybe I, I get it wrong but isn't the meddling mostly about fake news and like facebook ads and stuff or is it also yes. other,
0: yeah no well i mean so i think there's definitely the meddling of the actual election machines which have been proven to be hackable like you wouldn't believe right. like a yeah. single thing so that's that's really bad right like that that's somebody awesome. is is changing the votes or affecting the votes? But um, has that but, happened though? Uh, that I don't know. I, I don't think anybody yeah. knows, um, <laughs> yeah, and, okay. and that's like the really scary <laughs> bit. But then on the social media front, I think the concern is: did did the like did Russian hackers make it so that it looked like for some people who were undecided that Trump was the better candidate? and that they thus like i don't know because on on some level it's like you know hey people do your homework like make your own. that's what i'm saying yeah but then on the other hand on the other hand there's people who are like well people don't make their own decisions they base it off of what their friends say and all that stuff and so if they're waiting if they're like it's one thing to be like oh well hey who are you voting for okay like, what's your reasoning for it? Okay, that makes sense. I'm just going to go ahead and vote for that candidate. But if if you think that you're asking your friends and instead you're being told by hackers, oh, here's who you should vote for, then then whose fault is it? Is it the voter who thought that they were doing due diligence but got bad information? But it's not, not even it-
1: hackers, though. It's, it's about uh, Facebook campaigns. It's just like...
0: Yeah, totally but I mean, but but it's yeah, but it's but it's it's. I think the big question is: Did the hackers create Facebook campaigns on behalf of, like you know, like so, sure. did they game the system sure. to make it so that innocent Americans didn't know what they were doing? I,
1: <laughs> I mean, don't that's know. the thing that where where I'm just like my brain just turns up Like, I do <laughs> th- This discussion, you know, it's. It, I feel like it's the focus on the wrong thing, kind of. Mm. You know, if you have so many people that get swayed by Facebook ads to vote for a certain person, then the problem is elsewhere. The problem is the people. The problem is not that some people sent those Facebook ads. You know,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and and it, it's I I just think it's just such a distraction. People are getting so rolled up about the Russians did. You know Facebook campaigns and Zuckerberg knew about it and blah blah blah. Now he's a he's a Russian spy and all this. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's a focus on the wrong, like focusing the energy on the wrong thing. Because Mm -hmm. I mean, I said this at the beginning after Trump was voted in already that there's a reason. I think I think uh, I, I, I I can't really believe that those ads were responsible for the most part of the votes for the undecided mm. people. I don't know. I don't know. I don't-, I don't know. It's, it's, you can't really say, but even if like, it's the thing is like, why did people really vote for this person? Like that's, that's what needs to be figured out. Like, and, and, and the people and, and the people in the, in the oldest people in the middle of America that are getting ignored <laughs> They should mm-hmm. like stop ignoring them. You know that's kind of the mm-hmm. that's kind of the message that I feel this whole thing sends. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, <clears throat> but I hey, what what do I know? I don't know. But this yeah. it just feels like it's just it's, it's just sensationalism. It's like focus focus. It's like it's just like the bad Russians. Like you know, it's like as as if we were in the Cold War or something. Mm-hmm. Is that they're trying to bring that back or something, you know, so that you have somebody that you can point the finger at, you know, that yeah. it's, a, it's a, it's just a total distraction, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. if if people were just better educated and would be more sure of themselves and could, you know, would just be a little, a little bit better informed, then I think that would yeah. that would help greatly, you know. But, um,
0: I know, it's so like so. If Facebook
1: is Facebook is the in, infrastructure, right? There's like two billion people on Facebook, so basically Facebook is a planet, right? Facebook is mm-hmm. is Planet Earth virtually now or something. It's it's a mirror. So there's going to be shitty stuff happening. There's going to be good stuff happening. There's going to be stuff that doesn't matter happening. It's two. It's two billion people. Like you can't even. This is something you can't fathom. It's, un, mm-hmm. impo- it's impossible to process, and 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 it's definitely super hard to manage. You know. And say what you want about Facebook. We don't know if they're evil or not. But but we are. We're all on Facebook, or most people are. And um, and you kind of use and 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 many people use it for communication. That's just a fact. And. And if if people want to, and and they sell ads on it. So if people want to s- buy ads to show it to certain groups of people, then that's what what they're going to do. And it's it is a mirror because on Facebook, people surround themselves with people that agree with them. But that's normal. That's what you mm-hmm. do in a normal life too. You're not or seldomly seeking out people or to hang out with people that you disagree with in order to have a civilized discussion about things that you disagree about. Um, right. Right. So it's just logical, you know, that's just, it's a mirror of our real world kind of a little bit. So when, when they pump those ads into those bubbles of those people, it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be, they're going to push each, like everybody's going to be like, yeah, this ad is cool or whatever this post is, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but, um, know i just feel like you know i mean the whole point Mm -hmm. the the point i'm making is is just this kind of focus on the bad russians did this terrible thing and that's what got trump voted i just don't believe it Mm. the people that voted got trump voted most likely unless there was really like hacking of voting machines Like, like that's something else like, if mm-hmm. they really literally changed votes, then, okay, that's, that's a real hacking, you know? That's, right. that's right. not showing some ads. That's like hacking and changing votes. But if that didn't happen, then America's people went to the booth and they said, I want the Trump. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I always make you cry uh, when I talk about this. <laughs>
0: it's. Uh, it's.
1: It is what it is.
0: <laughs> stupid and awful, and I hate it. Hate it.
1: Uh, uh, it's weird.
0: Anyway. Anyway. What else is new?
1: Ah, what good else question. Is new and exciting? Mm-hmm. Hey nothing is really super exciting web components is exciting web components is something that has been popping up on my screen a little bit and um there seems to be some sort of a web web component hype now but i i don't know um and people are discussing like people are saying Web components don't perform as well as frameworks. And then web components, people say, well, but we don't need a framework. We're native. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's cool. I like web components. I think that they're interesting um, now, suddenly. I was kind of ignoring them for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, um, but they are definitely about to get um, a lot of support. They, they, they're supported in iOS, they are supported in Chrome, and basically via polyfills, you can get them. You can get good good support for all the web component technologies uh, and all the the evergreen browsers and the latest uh, IEs as well. So um, that's kind of cool because web components is you can really build, you know, like how you you can build UIs with uh, with a component architecture. And that component architecture is just native to to the web, to the browser, and that's kind of cool, you know. I mean, you remember how you were building, uh, you were playing around with React, right? <clears throat> um, when you were starting mm-hmm. to use it in npm. Yeah, at npm. Yeah, right. So and that was kind of cool, right? You had components. You would compose those components with each other. You would have components and components. And that's kind of a, a cool way to uh, build UIs. And that's kind of the way that people have decided um, is also the best way we've came up so far. Uh, we've came up with so far in order to build UIs in the web browser. And um, yeah, ultimately the cool thing about web components is that it's you don't need a framework in order to do the same thing that you can do with React and Angular and all those things and Ember and, and Vue, blah, blah, blah. It's just still not as... Um, what's the word? Um, maybe not as nice when it comes to the syntax and how you write it, but you can... Mm. Um, but you can do things about it. There's... Um, there's like a helper class uh, subclass um, so so one main main thing for the main part of web components is the is the custom element right you would you create a custom element and what, how and you do that by subclassing HTML element and um, Michael Rogers made a couple of um um little like helper classes that you can use in order to make it a little nicer so <clears throat> That's cool. You know, it's like a hundred a hundred uh lines of code. So you don't need a framework in order to make it nicer. You just have you write a little code and then you have a few helpers and then you can um you can just easily build um UIs with this um with with web components. And um yeah, I'm I'm getting more interested in it and um I'm about to play play around with it a little bit. It's uh cool. It's cool. It kind of it seems like it's coming. It's kind of arriving in the browsers as well as in people's minds, and um, yeah, I mean the Ionic people. They um, Ionic is a framework, a UI library f- for making um, iOS cross, basically cross platform apps, and they started using uh, web components as their kind of uh, basic as their way to do it they used angular before and they're using web components now and they made a little framework that um, basically um, makes it also makes it really nice to work with web components and makes it very performant and uh, it basically you can write code and i don't know exactly how i didn't look at how you can write the code but you can write that code in a um uh their web components in a nice way, and then it compiles it into actual web components that perform really well, some virtual DOm stuff and that's uh, that seems pretty interesting. Um, it's called uh, the tools called stencil I'm going to link it up in the show notes um sure. yeah that's kind of that's kind of what's on my mind, other than that um uh, not much going on because uh, the cool thing is that in Germany, for some reason, we have uh an extra holiday this week. It's uh, yeah, it's the Reformation holiday. It's a kind of a 500 years Luther Martin Luther kind of thing, Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, and it's like so. It's a it's a every 500 years holiday.
0: (laughs) What a time to be alive! (laughs) Wait, really? Yeah. Seven generations of people who did not have this holiday. And you
1: do. Yeah, exactly. You
0: get this holiday.
1: Well, I don't know if it's going child. to be, it's, I don't know if if it's going to come back in 500 years, but I guess it wouldn't make sense. Like, about, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. But for some reason, they decided, hey, this year, it's 500 years uh, of, I don't know what, and something to do with Luther and um, Martin Luther, you know the the founder of the pro- Protestant Church.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say like like five hundred years of not just Catholicism. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like.
1: That's it, and we seem to be really happy about that. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. we have an extra, and and the cool thing is that that holiday is just before uh, a regular holiday. So okay. So um. So and that was again. that's today so yesterday okay. was that 500 year holiday today is the normal holiday thing It's also some christian thing and so of course i took monday off i took friday off and tomorrow i'm doing home office so it's kind of like a holiday week an extra almost a free holiday week
0: that's pretty nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really
1: nice <laughs>
0: all right that's cool mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, so
1: yes. <clears throat> yeah so doing a lot of family stuff oh. and not so much nice. of the working nice yeah mm. so I, what's um, going on over there in uh in the in America where people actually work <clears throat>
0: <laughs> yeah I mean you know some of us have to have to you know go into the office to make money yeah. um, <laughs> uh but um so not too much happening, I think, in the U.S. specifically, other than, you know, the everybody's kind of glued to Twitter trying to understand, or the news, trying to understand what the heck is going on mm-hmm. uh, in American politics. But um, but here's some fun information that I learned recently. Um, you, uh, long-time listeners of this podcast may remember, oh, it was probably, what, like a year and a half ago, uh, that we talked about this amazing... Uh, app called screen hero that I absolutely love mm-hmm. um, and it, it's just a really great app for um, for pair programming because you actually get to to like it's 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 great for like remote pair programming in that you can use your your keyboard and you can use your screen but uh, you can actually be in someone else's terminal or in someone else's editor. So Mm -hmm. like if you're pairing with another person, then they can share their screen and you can, like you have a little mouse. Remember the the mouse named Henning? (laughs) 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 Um, So, so anyway, so that was a super cool thing. Um, And then they got bought by Slack and, and it got really quiet in the world of screen hero. And it probably also got quiet because I became a manager and stopped pair programming so much. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the last week or two, um, Screen Hero is now 100% fully integrated into Slack. So uh, right not too long after Screen Hero was acquired by Slack, uh, Slack started doing Slack uh, calls. And so you could you could like call somebody on your team and then you could do video calls and then you could do screen sharing of calls. And now... Now you can give somebody else control of your computer with those calls. So basically, oh, Screen cool. Hero functionality is now a hundred percent in Slack. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know if that's uh, if that includes free accounts or free organizations, or if it's only for paid organizations. Um, so you know, I could I I would happily play around with it with somebody if you want, um, and we can kind of see if you can you know. Go around my my uh, desktop, um, or you know whatever. Um, but um, but yeah, so like you can you can do that now, which I think is really really cool and just a really wonderful uh, tool for remote teams or mm. distributed teams rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like super excited about that. <laughs> cool.
1: So you yeah. have you used it already since it's integrated in Slack.
0: I haven't. I haven't had a chance to, <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> I don't know if it's any good. <laughs> but just the fact that it's in there is really great, and yeah. so I'd I'd be keen to to try it out and and give it a, a spin.
1: Yeah. Um, but just for paying so members, right?
0: I don't know. I don't know. That's the I thing. So. I, I'm not yeah. sure.
1: I do think so. Um, I think I've uh, so I'd, seen that.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can mm. I can take a look and find out. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Um I'm trying to think if there's any other big things that I've seen uh in in Uber news <laughs> <laughs> because you know Uber yeah. um uh in in less horrific news because there's always there's always enough horrific news every week that I could have you know the RockBot hates on Uber segment, which you know, I kind of do um, but it, this one's a little less horrific um, so there was a huge thing in which Uber bought a building in downtown Oakland, uh, not too far from the NPM office and um, and and so they completely were redoing it, spent a bunch of money uh, people in Oakland had a fit because they were like, wait, we can't have Uber moving into our city, they're going to raise up rents and drive up prices and things are going to be terrible. Um, well, because of all the terrible things that Uber has been, has been caught doing, uh, they are, they have sold the building because they're not going to move into it because they can no longer, no longer afford to. Um, but because of rental or because of real estate prices in the Bay area, they sold it for more than they bought it for, despite having never moved in. So uh, Uber made a little bit of money off of uh, basically selling a building that they never actually used. Um, But uh, yeah, so that happened.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Those Ubers.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh, and um, Node has uh, a new LTS version. Uh, version 8 is now officially a um, uh, long-term version. So you can it's long-term stable. So if you feel up to it and you want to use Node 8, please do. Um, we've been uh, using it on a bunch of services at NPM. And it's been really nice, actually, because we can finally use all of those ES6 features that... Uh, like all of them and ES7 fixture, uh, a bunch of ES7 stuff too. So like await and async and uh, all of those things. <laughs> I can't really talk very well about all of those features because I-, I got to code for 30 minutes earlier this week. And then before that, it was like three weeks before I last coded. So i don't actually know, not entirely up to date on all of the intricacies of the latest ES6 Um
1: but uh, but yeah so that's kind of a huge thing. Mhm. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, actually I tried out um, recently tried out um, ES uh, ES modules in Chrome cuz cuz okay. they they're in Chrome now, right? Okay. So they just like they just work, which is uh, which I just wanted to see by, with my own eyes and <laughs> so I tried it out and just did a little console log so I just requested so I made an index.js, and then you um, you reference that index.js mm-hmm. with uh, with a script tag, and but you have to put in an attribute type module in there. And yeah. then what it will do, it will. Uh, and then in that index.js, I'm just requiring a file that just does a console log. And but you have to when you do uh when you do. Um, when you require that file, so what you do is use the import syntax, right, from ES modules, not, not require, mm-hmm. you say import. And then um, I just exported a function that did a console log, so you have to do the the squiggly braces and import that function from that file, but you have to put the .js in the end. You just do mm-hmm. a, you know, a relative path and then the full file name and then it w- and it just works and apparently what it does automatically is that when you ha- when you when it's type module um, it will only load the JavaScript after the page is already loaded so it will not block anything so it was do that first load the HTML and the CSS and stuff and then wrote that script um, and uh, do all the resolving of the dependencies and yeah it's pretty cool, cool that it just works cool.
0: like that. <clears throat> yeah. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Well, uh,
1: anything cool that you uh that you learned recently or something um, um
0: hmm. Hmm, Um, I started reading an article uh, that I have not yet finished, Um, but it's, um, it's called Fish in a Barrel, Hunting and Analyzing Fishing Kits at Scale, um, which is, it's a security article about a security researcher who spent about a month, I think, uh, analyzing, like, thousands of phishing scams to try to f- see what the common attributes of it are. I'll definitely link it in the show notes. Um, I, I like literally read the first paragraph and then got distracted. So I don't know what else is in it. Okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, basically they, oh, it's actually not that long of a, of a thing. Um, but they, they found 3,200 unique phishing kits across 66,000 URLs. And um they like and it just kind of talks about what these what these kits try to do um so they you know some of them are backdoor fishing kits and um and uh, most of the fishing kits were commonly found on compromised sites running wordpress And 16% of the time they were found on sites being served over HTTPS even, which I thought was really interesting. Hmm. Um, And there's like a full on paper and um, it's it's interesting because you can really learn a lot about about things. Um, And, you know, it just says again and again, uh, one of the best things you can do to reduce the impact of stolen credentials is to set up multi-factor authentication Mm -hmm. for every external facing app Mm -hmm. used by your organization. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would be remiss to not include a plug for two-factor off in NPM. Mm -hmm. Um, Remember, if you are using NPM to publish modules, turn on two-factor off. it's important. Um, And uh, yeah um so that's a thing and uh yeah so fun stuff in the world of security <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's interesting what is a phishing kit exactly what does that oh mean? so
0: I, th- I think it's like a phishing scam so like oh, okay um yeah so like when when you get emails that are like uh fake
1: Log Fake into your emails. bank account and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Like, please let us know your social security number and your mother's maiden name so that we can verify that you are who you are via email. <laughs> right. It's like, eh, no. Cool. Um, so just remember, yeah. mm, not everyone on the internet is friendly. No.
1: Nope. Sadly. So we have uh, an- another um, uh, Karlsruhe JS meetup coming up uh, in November, and um, what's cool about that is uh, some friends of mine are going to come to talk about um, domain-driven design and a framework that they built called Wolkenkit it's, uh It's built with Node, and um, it's just a JavaScript framework basically to build to kind of build a a, ba- a, a back end. <coughs> and so what they integrate so domain driven design is a concept that is um pretty old i've heard so i'm not a i'm not an expert on it whatsoever i'm just learning about it now but it's a pretty cool concept because it allows you to create a language um for that that the like if if so if you have um People that have requirements, like a company or a certain department in a company that wants something built, some something like uh, vacation uh, days management tool or something like that, and then they have, and then you have programmers that need to build it. And uh, what domain driven design does it? Uh, it's kind of a, um, a system in order to create a language that both parts understand. So, because um, tech, technical people they only think in what in their technical abilities what they can do technically and um, and the people who want the software they only think in their language basically uh, they, um, you know the, uh, it's called well just you know the, the actions they want to take or the data they want to sort through or whatever Like they have their kind of language that is specific to their work um, are you still there? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm because still here. Some, some, something changed. Sound changed or something. Okay, <clears throat> that's specific to their work, and and this domain-driven design just is something where is this is a is system or um, a method metho- methodology that allows you to for these people to sit together and create um, a language that both sides can understand, and um, so that, so that when one person talks about uh, vacation days and the other person talks about vacation days they talk about exactly the same thing or if you talk about you know uh, booking a vacation or something like that you talk about the exact same thing um, <clears throat> and um, so that's very interesting um, they're going to be talking about that and also their framework and the, what the framework does it's al- it allows you to to basically build um, t- it allows you to to uh, or it's it's like it's like domain driven design friendly. So you don't have to build a whole backend that allows you to ding to 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 make to build things in a domain design driven way as a te- as a technical person. It just mm. it just works out of the box. And what it also does it's uh, something that the, so they uh, they implemented something called event sourcing, which means it's it stores um, everything you do in that in that system. So, in that framework, it's being stored as some some event right like so you can define events for instance um so you're not just thinking in the in crud you know create uh create what was it um update create, re- yeah, you know yeah, create, create read, read update read, delete. Update. So, mm-hmm. so they're not just those four events, basically. So, you, you, anything you can think of can be an event. So, you, you use that domain-driven design language, and just make everything into into an event. Like, if if it's like this vac- vacation management kind of tool for employees, then it's like you know, like book an event, uh, book some vacation, or cancel it, or cancel the booking, or you know. Um, Request something, re- request an off day, whatever. All these different things can be defined as all kinds of different uh, events, and those will just be stored in uh, a database, and um, and that database will just is just a write database. You can't uh, write and read. Uh, no it's append only you can't delete anything or mutate anything it's basically an immutable database you can just store data and read it and that's all and then it, so and what you get is an event history which means that at because you have that event history always handy you can always um derive the current state of the application by just looking at all the events right and then Doing the the math in order to get to the current availability of vacation days for this employee or whatever, and um, that was very interesting. Uh, th- one of the creators of the framework was talking about this on a podcast, on a German podcast, and I really uh, was very, very uh, interesting to to learn all this, these kind of methodologies, or learn about all these methodologies um, um, for basically for for for, for the back end. And, uh, and this domain-driven design, it, it, it sounds really, really, really cool. And it sounds like, even if it is an old thing, it kind of, it feels like an old uh, way to, to do things or an old methodology. It seems like with our technologies today, it could be, um, it kind of feels like it could be um, more relevant again. Because, um, for instance, like storing e- an event database, uh, storing events in a database like that and stuff like that, for, you know, tw- 10 years ago, that might have been a little bit more difficult because you have less resources. Um, but today, that's not really a problem, um, and stuff like that and also computation is, is easier today so um, I find it interesting that this is coming back and it does do make a lot of sense and it kind of is a functional it's kind of functional programming way of thinking and it also fits really well with what we're doing in the UI in the browser currently with React and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that so that's really interesting so yeah we're going to have those guys over at the at the meetup it's going to be interesting
0: cool very cool
1: yeah I'm going to link up all the right. podcast as well.
0: Yes, um, please do. Yeah. Please but it's, do. it's in
1: German. So it's be difficult. That's
0: all right. I think everyone should just learn German. I think that's just what everyone should do. Just, you know, easy.
1: Yeah. Maybe just, uh, just need a babble fish and it will be fine.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> that's right. We haven't talked about that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but sadly we need to wrap, we need to wrap up a little bit. Yep, um, we do. So, um, But anyway, um, so super cool. Um, Folks, if you want to chat with us or if you want to test out uh, the new Screen Hero stuff, see if maybe it works in public, uh, in in free channels, um, we have a free Slack channel, uh, which you can access via our show notes, which you can find at reactive.audio.
1: That's right. And uh, yeah, it would be great if you like the show, um, if you could leave a review and you can also tweet us at, at reactive pod and uh, I'm Khalil tweets on Twitter.
0: And I am a on Twitter and you can reach Henning at H on Twitter as well. And uh, you know, retweet, let your friends know about it. Um, well, we, we tweet out each episode every week. Um, so, you know, the twitters it's a good place uh anyway shout out whenever and uh we'll say hi again next week bye everyone bye